I'm going to dive right into it. Um, last week, I started uh, the little sermon that I was going to do last week, but God had different plans, which are way better than mine. And we're just reading through Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And it is um, a special day because it's conversations with Chris and Carla. We used to do these online during lockdown. Um, I said earlier, the first service, let us, God, never go back to lockdown in Jesus' name. But I, I, we used to have these conversations with Chris and Carly every Tuesday night. And once we opened up the church again, I got specific directions from my wife that we will no longer be doing those. <laughs> so now we have to do them occasionally live on Sunday. Yes. So here we are. Colossians 3, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. I read it last week. I'll read it again in the amazing Passion Translation. My new iPad. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. This is pretty big. So not only did we, we studied last week a little bit, but Christ's resurrection is ours as well. Right? What did Christ do when he resurrected? Jesus' death destroyed, this is Hebrews 2.14, the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. So you then have, you share in this thing, in the power of heaven, that you now have the power and authority over the devil. We don't often think this. We don't believe this. We watch... The Exorcist and horror movies, and we fill our we fill our uh, house with you know these creepy things, and it's like oh my gosh, you know, and it's like we create an atmosphere where hell feels welcome in our homes. And so then, what happens is when hell feels welcome, they are welcome, and so they have a little door to in, to uh, interfere in our lives. But the truth is, we we. They, he only has, the enemy only has a, as much authority as you give him. That's it. I love Smith Wigglesworth. You remember Smith Wigglesworth? He was a, he was a uh, evangelist from England who moved over to America, could not read or write, except God gave him the gift to read the Bible. The only thing he could read was the Bible. He'd open the Bible, he'd just start reading. It was amazing. But he tells this story. One day he's lying in bed, and he gets waking up, his bed's being shaken. He wakes up, he looks at the end of his bed, and there's, he says it was the devil. He literally, Satan, is standing at the edge of his bed, shaking it. And he looks up, he goes, oh, it's just you, devil. He goes back to sleep. That's it. This is the authority we carry. But we're going to look at something here, too, though. Be careful to not walk in authority you don't have. That's when we get in trouble. So you want more authority from heaven? Guess what you need to do? You need to spend time with heaven. You need to spend time in the presence of the Father. The more you spend time with the Father, the more authority you have on this earth. Jesus says you can do all of these things I've done even greater. Why? Because he knows that if we walk in the authority of heaven by spending time. I mean, Jesus is the perfect example who would just go away and spend time with the Father. And he'd come out this just, is amazing. He'd come out with this, this power and authority. We have the same power, that same power. 
but a key is, we're gonna find out, spending time with him and eliminating distractions. So verse two in the Passion, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. This is a directive from Paul. He's, he didn't say, well, you can, you know, a little distraction is fine. I love, I love the passion, how it's translated. You are not permitted. You will not, if you are a son, allow distractions in the natural realm to overtake you. This is a directive from the Apostle Paul. Now, it's very easy to be distracted. I mean, especially this last week, it was nonstop distractions. What is going on here? I had to just turn it off at some point. Why are distractions, why do you think, this is the conversation with this Carly, so here we go. Why, I didn't ask you this question before, why do you think distractions are such a big deal for us and why is it, why is he telling us to not be, um, to not let those things overtake us? What, what's the big deal? Well, the invisible realm, which is the supernatural realm, is superior to the natural realm, right? But unbelief is anchored in what is visible or reasonable apart from God, okay? So when our focus and our attention is focused on the things of the natural, the things that are visible or reasonable apart from God, then this little worm called unbelief comes sneaking into our lives. Now, in Ephesians, it says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ, right? Christ, we know, is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And in Ephesians, it says we're seated there too. So if the invisible realm is superior to this natural realm that we live in, don't you think, <laughs> I'll be the first one to raise my hand and said, yes, I think, I want heaven's perspective. I don't care what is happening or swirling in the natural around me. I want to know what the Father sees. There's a verse, I think in, well, I won't say where I think it is. I'm so bad at addresses. But it says that God sits in heaven and he laughs. I, it's in Psalms. I want that perspective. I want to be able to look at what is happening in the natural and say, okay, this all looks really swirly to in me. Fact, in fact, it's, it's pretty cool that it's you're saying it because you didn't say it first service but it starts with why do the nations plot in mm. like against me as and then it's it and then the, the word picture is god seeing all the nations plot <clears throat> plot their schemes and it says god sits enthroned in heaven and he yeah. laughs i find i wonder if that's happening right now yeah. to be honest with you <laughs> anyway my mom likes to say there's nothing new under the sun Evil and fraud and corruption have been a part of this world since the enemy came in. He cannot create, mm -hmm. but he can duplicate. Mm -hmm. And any time we agree with any of the lies that he is suggesting to us, then those lives become manifest. It is so important to have heaven's perspective so that unbelief stays at bay and any lies from the enemy stay at bay. And my focus and my, there's a verse that says he, uh, you turn your face like flint, right? 
That means you're unwavering in where your focus is. I only ever want my focus to be on Jesus. I only ever want to walk in his footsteps. Jesus only ever did what he saw his father doing. He only ever said what his father was saying. He only ever went where his father told him to go. That is my yes to that. I'm not going to agree with all this other stuff. So not only do distractions cause you to um, veer off course, what they really do is they cause, in the natural, distractions in the natural, they really do is they cause unbelief to start to bubble up. And then, because quite often what you see in the natural, quite often, is contrary to what's happening in the supernatural. So, uh, Abner called me yesterday and he says, what do you think is going on right now? In America, you know, what's your opinion on it? Oh, I have lots of opinions, which I keep to myself. But what I said to him was, I said, well, here's what, I, I said, I just got out of, I just was praying, I was just asking the Lord about it. And what I told the Lord was, what I see in the natural with my eyes is telling me one thing, but what I'm feeling, seeing, and hearing in my spirit is telling me something else. And so I, I always know that I'm going to lean on what I see, hear, and feel in the spirit much more than what I see in the natural. I mean, you get the doctor that says you have cancer. In the natural, okay, you have cancer. We can't be, you know, stupid. Like, yeah, we got cancer. I see that in the natural. But guess what I see in the supernatural? I see, I see the promise of God over my life. I see that when Jesus died, cancer died with it. And that is not my portion. I hate cancer, by the way. I hate it. And so, and so, A, we, we, we prophesy to you, we, we speak this over you, that you'll never get the doctor that says that. You'll never have that report. But, but God forbid you do. So you can stand in assurance of who God says he is. He says he's healer. And that's who he is. And so that's what you see in the supernatural that's why the supernatural, what did you say? Things of the invisible realm are greater than things of the visible realm. Yeah. What, we, what we know in the invisible realm is actual truth. What we see in the natural is often a lie, masquerading as truth. And in fact, if you listen, I said this in the first service, right? You listen to the lies of the enemy. The enemy always lies when he talks. There might be a hint of truth in there, but it's a lie. It's wrapped in a lie. And so listen, listen, listen. Then you go, listen. There are levels of this stuff. I mean, there are levels of this. Listen, and then you hear. Right? Or you hear, and then you listen. Whatever, however you want to say it semantically. But you know, there's a, there's a level. Actually, I would say you hear first, and then you listen. First you hear it, and then you li I'm listening to it. And now I'm starting to believe it. I still haven't believed it, but I'm starting to believe it because I've let it give voice in my life. And then when I start to believe it, I partner with it. And when you partner with a lie, the lie that you knew five months ago was a lie, you would have stood on the, your, your little corner, street corner and said, that's a lie, whatever, right? You know, proverbial street corner. Because you've let it wear you down for so much, so many times, tolerated it. Now that lie becomes your truth. Not God's truth. We've heard this before. I've said it before. My truth, my truth, my truth, my truth. It's my truth. <laughs> well, again, 
If your truth is contrary to God's truth, your truth is a lie, regardless of what you think. And so this is why we have to eliminate distractions. It's very big. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in eliminating distractions, I, Carly, Yes, how do, you, how do you do that? We are responsible to pursue his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is going to pursue it for you. You are responsible for pursuing his lifestyle. How dependent on the Holy Spirit are we willing to live? When distractions come, what do we tune our ear to? I will raise my hand and say this week I turned, tuned my ear to things that were not necessarily the Holy Spirit. Took me for a ride. <laughs> God always, 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 always speaks to those who are listening. Always. But you are responsible to pursue his lifestyle. So what is your ear tuned to? Do you go in the secret place and open your heart and say, I'm listening? That's when he speaks. That's the heart he's looking for. Can he deposit something in you? He always talks to those who are willing to listen. We were created for intimacy. All of us, every single one of us. He's close. He's not far. So close. But he speaks to those who are listening. So practical ways. Practicum. <laughs> that I tune my ear to hear his voice. Worship music. Spending time listening to him, not talking. I had the opportunity twice this week with small groups of ladies. Well, one small group of ladies and, and one small group um, to take communion together. It was beautiful. It was refreshing. It refocused me. If you have an um, Apple Watch or any other smartwatch, there's breathing apps you can put on there. And I got home one day after the school run, and I went in my backyard. I have no grass, but I have rocks. So I stood in my rocks, and um, I put my breathing app on for 15 minutes. And every time it told me to take a breath, I breathed in audibly. I breathed, but I spoke a promise of who God is. And with every breath that it told me to breathe out, I breathed out some lie or some piece of confusion that I had picked up and was carrying around. Not anything rocket science-y, just take a breath in and I breathe in the peace of Jesus. And I breathe out any lie that's contrary to who he says he is. Very simple, but I did it for 15 minutes. It was good. That's a long time. But it was really good. I should probably, you know what? I should probably start my day that way. You should. It would be good it would be for good. both of us if you did that. <laughs> Wake up and do that exercise. No. Um, it, but, it's, but it's so easy to be distracted. I mean, I'm sitting here, standing here listening to you, and I'm distracted <laughs> by I'm starving. Yeah. I mean, I'm so hungry. I, didn't have, I don't have breakfast usually, so I'm hungry. I'm distracted. Um, so, um, but, you know, God, you know, when Jesus says to be childlike, you want to, I mean, this, like, you want to enter the kingdom of God, you got to be childlike, have faith like a child. Most children, this would not, you wouldn't want to use this example for children because most children are very distracted. So in this case, I would say Jesus would probably say, don't be childlike in this area. 
you know, it's like um, I have I have you know, four kids. My oldest, Josh, he should be back there. He's the most easily distracted. He's like me. You know, here comes a squirrel. There's no squirrel, but I saw a squirrel in my mind. You know, anybody like me where your mind's going a million miles a minute, it's like, and it's, it's, hard, it's hard to actually relax and just sit without your mind. Anybody like me? Nobody? Yeah, good. Raise your hands if you're sure. Uh, we, have a, we have our youngest, Savannah. She's four years old. And she is a amazing person. That's what I'm going to say. She is really amazing. And she, for some reason, she's a great example for us because this girl cannot be distracted for, I mean, if she has, she will not ever touch my new iPad that my wife bought me last week. You, you won't either, any of you. But... <laughs> You know, you, you know, oh, they like, like you know, you, hey, Daddy, I want your phone. And Carly has always given the kids her phone. I, I asked Mom, ask Mom. I'm a little bit of a clean freak, I guess, a little bit. So when my kids get my phone and then I get it back, it, I can't even touch it. It's, it's coated in filth. I don't know what these pretty little, they're little precious hands. You don't see all the germs on them until they get, so... Anyway, so she, they're not touching this. But she has, they have their own little fake one, you know, the little tablet, the little uh, fake tablet, you know, Android, give me a break. But it's YouTube, whatever. And so Coco can be on it, and I can talk to her, and she's, oh, she, she responds, yes, Dad, okay, great. Come on, put it down, let's go. Savannah, if she's watching TV or she's on her tablet, I swear to you, we, like the earth could explode, she wouldn't even know. She, like, she doesn't even know. Mom's, she's been on this thing. Carly's going out to get coffee. And uh, bye, Savvy. She's telling everybody. We've been talking about it for hours, preparing the children that mom's going. Oh, my gosh. Mom's leaving for 30 minutes. Or she's going for two hours to a coffee date. Uh, to prepare yourself. Dad's in charge. <laughs> We've been So then Carly's been gone. She said goodbye. Probably kissed Savannah right on the head. And bye-bye. And... An hour later, Savvy, it happens all the time. You don't even know this. I don't even tell you. She just looks up and puts the thing down. She's walking all the house. Mom, where's mom? Where's mom? Where's mom? She's been gone for an hour. You don't even know this. She's so focused. We can be calling her for dinner or anything else. And I'm like, Savvy, 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 Savvy! And she's literally like this. And we have to like, Savannah. She's so focused. She's so in a trance. <laughs> this is a really good Honestly, this is a good example how we supposed to, how we should be spiritually. When God is causing us and asking us to focus on His goodness, to focus on His promises, like a laser, man, grab that thing and don't let go. Don't move your head or your eyes to the left or to the right. Stay focused on what God has said. Eliminating every. Natural distraction. This is hard for us, church, in America, especially Western civilization. It's very hard, but we have to learn to do this. Focus our attention and our entire being on the Father. So that was good stuff right there. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Oh, number three. See, I got distracted. I got off topic a little bit. <laughs> And it distracted me. But that was a spiritual distraction. He didn't say, 
it's, it, it didn't say anything about spiritual distractions, which is actually true, which is actually true. God will often, you'll, he'll say you're on one course, and then he's like going like, hey, hey, guess what? You're so focused on that word that I gave you 10 years ago, but guess what? I actually gave you a word last year, and, and you need to actually listen. It's a spiritual distraction. Like, like what I'm saying is this whole thing is really cool, and it comes down to hearing the voice of the Father. That's what it comes down to, intimacy with him, hearing his voice, doing what he says. Um, all right, so verse 3 says, um, where are we at here? Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God with him. And as Christ, verse 4, himself is seen for who he really is, as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, you who really are will also be Revealed Who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him. This is a big one, too. You are now one with him in his glory. You are one with him in his glory. Well, God, Jesus, God doesn't share his glory with anybody. That is true, but he shares it with his kids because you are not somebody, you are a child. That's a big, that's better preach right there. So what else did you have? That's it? You had some cool stuff. I see some cool notes here. Read this stuff. You don't need to do this one, but do this one. Okay. Making an executive decision. Okay, well, I wrote here, um, contentment short of God's purposes means having to learn with learn to live with the enemy. To say it again. This is tweetable. <laughs> oh gosh. Contentment short of God's purposes means having to learn to live with the enemy. Mm. If we are focused like Flint on who he is and who he says he is and what he's promised, what he's done in the past, what he's given you prophetic words over your future, if we're focused on that and content in that, then we never start looking over here mm. or looking over there. But if we are not content with what he has called us to and what he has purposed over our life, then we start looking over here and looking over there. And uh, what, what, we have what, to... What version is where it says Flint? But yeah. there's a, the different versions. That's one that says Flint. Now, this is cool because what does Flint mean? It, it's one of the hardest uh, stones, metals. And what does it do? It, it's unbending. It's unyielding. Nothing can break it. Uh -huh. So when it says, I've set my face like Flint, it means that there is nothing that can come and bend me this way or bend me that way. Mm. But again, we're responsible to pursue that. Mm -hmm. It's not just something that, that. Yep. you wake up one day and, oh, you're set as flint. No, it's a process. It's waking up every morning and saying yes and yes and yes. 
I told the girls uh, Thursday night that I have said yes to Jesus my whole life, but there's this thing burning in me right now, and I want to say yes in a whole new way. Mm. And I don't know what it looks like, but I don't care what it looks like. I just want to keep saying yes and yes mm. and yes. The, the more you say yes to God, the easier the yes gets. Yeah. Read this here. This is good. Read it slowly. Let us let it saturate our presence, Lee. <laughs> it's good to see you, Lee. How are you feeling? Good. Feeling good? Lee had some issues going on, but are you 100% close? 99. That's, that's good. 0. 0.7? 99.7. That's, that's like an electoral college <laughs> percentage <laughs> vote there. 99. Doing a recount? All right. You're close. Yeah, your recount's going to be 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. When we become satisfied apart from God's ultimate purpose of dominion, again, we learn to tolerate the devil in some areas of our life. Jesus taught us to pray, Father in heaven, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Simply by speaking those words, we are partnering with heaven to see his dominion, his kingdom established in the earth, mm -hmm. right? Um, I love history, and if you study the Romans or any conquering civilization, when they would go and conquer a people, that people group would take on all the characteristics of the conqueror. If we are going to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, then what we are asking is for God to superimpose his rules and his order and uh, his grace and his benefits over this world until this world looks like his. But again, we're responsible for pursuing him. We are responsible for tuning our ear to hear him. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, then we have to listen. What does it look like? What does your justice look like? I guarantee you the justice of heaven does not look like the justice of this earth. But in order to know what the justice of heaven looks like, we have to tune our ear. We have a part to play. We don't just get to pray these prayers on Sunday and then walk out of the doors and whatever happens, happens during the week. No. I think you said it first service or maybe during worship, but we are awake now. If anything, 2020 has taught us, it has taught us to be awake, not to be apathetic to the things that go on outside of these doors. But in order to know how to navigate what goes on outside of those doors, we have to tune our ear and tune our heart and set our face like flint to Jesus and say, okay, I see this all in the natural, but what are you saying? How do I navigate it? How do I release peace and love and kindness to the people I encounter in my day-to-day -day life? What does it look like from him? Not what I think it looks like or my interpretation of peace or kindness or joy, but really what does it look like in heaven? Yeah, and piggyback into what you said there, we've, uh, the, the, uh, the world basically prophesied to the church for the last couple of years we've been hearing, you need to be woke. And their meaning was a little different than what they are expecting is going to happen. You need to be woke. You need to be woke. Well, what they did was they actually spoke that out. And I'm telling you, the church is now awoken. 
And 20, what 2020 did for the church has been really, it's, it's been a crazy year, but it's been really good for the church. Um, and it's like the apathetic American church has left the building. And it took this thing to happen. And I don't think, I think the apathy is about gone in our church. And we're seeing sons and daughters rise and take their place. And again, God is speaking to those who will listen. You want to be on the right side of this thing. You want to be on the right side of this. And that's God's side. And so when he speaks, we listen. And like you're talking about in, in, the, in, the, in the days of Rome when they would conquer a territory and a people and that people would then become like the Romans, right? Um, we see it, I mean, it's, this is like teenagers, you know? I mean, you have, you have a nerdy kid who his whole life he's just been a nerd. And he's just, it's the nerd, it's the nerd, it's David the nerd, it's fine, nothing wrong with nerds. Who was a nerd? Daniel, I already knew you were a nerd. Nerd is cool, be proud of who you are, nerd. It's good, it's good, nerd for Jesus. Harold Everly has a book called uh, about nerds for Jesus. Harold's a nerd, so he has. So you're in good company. But anyway, so you get this guy, right? And he's the same guy, and he's he knows who he is, and he's. But then he goes off to college, or somewhere, and he he, he comes back for Christmas break after four months, and he's. You're like, who are you? You're you like you're dressing like pull those pants up. You're like not in a gang. You look like somebody you're not. Why? Because they took on, he took on, we see it all the time. We, he takes on the character. If you don't know who you are, this is what happens. You take on the character of someone else. Well, we as sons and daughters, we take on the character of heaven. Not because we don't know who we are, but because he tells us who we are. Yes. And um, I believe that this nation is going to look more like the church than the church looks like the nation. I think we are going to make our mark on America. For years, I think America was invading the church. Well, guess what? The church is invading America. And that's what I've seen this next season. That's because the apathy of the American church is going bye-bye. Right? That's what I believe. So... Did you have anything else? This is all your notes? This is it? How dare you? That was good stuff. Verse 4, I'll read it real quick, and then we'll be done. Yeah, I read verse 4. It's verse 5 you're thinking about. I think, live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live, and I love this, live as one who died to diseases and desires for forbidden things. I love how he puts that. You've died to sexual sin and impurity and to disease. Isn't it interesting that he puts those three together? Sexual sin, impurity, and diseases. Because diseases are demonic, man. They're not the 
kids of God's portion. They're not our portion. And so that's our uh, encourage. I thought I saw Kevin walking up. There he is. As you can see, I'm very easily distracted. This is a really good verse for me. So um, this was our um, encouragement to you is to, in fact, I said it. Remember I said last week, I said, regardless of what this week unfolds, take this fact and assurance and the hope that you have resurrected with Christ and everything that Christ has walked in doing uh, with his resurrection, you have access to the exact same thing. So it doesn't really matter what's happening. I mean, it does in one sense because then we know how to pray, but in the global kingdom sense, we create and we establish the atmosphere. We do. Expanding the kingdom is what we do. And of the increase of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Amen. Come on, stand.